Welcome to the Big Swings Podcast with Eric Schaefer. You know what they say, once may be a mistake, twice is a choice. Here's episode two. Welcome to the Big Swings Podcast, your source for breakthrough trends, shaping business and technology innovation. And now your host, a man who truly knows the important role his wife plays, he even has me do the voiceover for this podcast. Eric Schaefer. Welcome to the Big Swings Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schaefer. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have another exciting episode. This is episode two. We are rocking and rolling and, and knocking these out. For those joining us today, I want you to quickly think to yourself what have you bought recently online? You may have even bought more online this week or this month than you have at a brick and mortar potentially in the last year. That is the change that e-commerce is going through. And as the e-commerce landscape is ever changing, uh, it is greatly in part and due, due in part to the big swings in our consumer buying behaviors. And a lot of that is due to technology enabling convenience. Continued growth in tech leads to both consumer demand challenges as well as innovation in the areas of omni-channel and supply chain. And so I'm joined today by Stephen Ross, the Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer for Jable Packaging, as we target one of the key micro-strategies within supply chain around smart packaging. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure. Fantastic. So Stephen, take us through, before we dive into the content, your role here at Jable, your time that you've spent here, you've worn several hats uh, and, yeah. and quite spanned quite a career here at Jable. Take us through those roles, how you've gotten to where you're at today, and really your responsibilities at Jable. Yeah, no, sure. Um, so I work for Jable, right? So Jable is one of the most technologically advanced uh, manufacturing solutions company on the planet, right? So we're $18 billion, roughly 100 manufacturing facilities around the world, and uh, over 165,000 employees. Um, I was fortunate enough to join Jabel almost 20 years ago, right? As you can maybe tell from the accent, not originally from the US, right? <laughs> Definitely not from the South. Not from the yeah. South, right? So I joined in, in our first international facility in, in Scotland, in Livingston. Um, and that's when we were building uh, laptops for Dell and Livingston, right? So you can imagine the change since then. Um, I've moved about quite frequently over the last 20 years. Um, Moved to the US first in 99, then moved back to Europe to head up a European supply chain in 2002, 2003, then headed back to the US, and then uh, moved to Asia um, about six or seven years ago to head up supply chain for our Greenpoint division. Mm-hmm. And then uh, roughly a year, 18 months ago, uh, I took up the current position I'm in just now, which is, as you said, uh, head of supply chain for Jable Packaging Solutions. Um, so my role is, is is really to bring innovative supply chain solutions to the some of the best brands in the world, right? Um, and, and, and how we do that is to try and uh, mitigate risk and uh, increase shareholder value for them uh, by optimizing margin and, and working capital. So it's been an exciting ride over the last uh, you know 12 months or so. And, and to your point, there's some big swings and inflection points that are going on in the market right now, which make mm-hmm. it um, extremely exciting. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. And I think uh, 
Jable itself is making some big swings, and we'll dive into some of the, yeah. the recent releases. Um, but, but let's start with a top-level view. I'm, I'm interested to get your perspective on how you would define smart packaging, kind of a two-part question here, how you would define smart packaging, and what are those micro-trends that are really leaning on smart packaging today for you guys? Um, smart packaging or intelligent packaging is, is a bit of a ubiquitous topic, right? So, um, you know, everything that we see on our shelves, uh, in the stores, in our fridge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it has the opportunity to talk to each other um, and talk to us, right? And, um, and and really this is an advent of a change in the dynamics that's happening in technology. And what I mean by that is is, is really this big data explosion that we're seeing. Right, right. right. And, and that's what's really driving the advent of smart packaging. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and, and what do I mean by, by data explosion? Well, we're now seeing you know, cloud-based services that were never there before, right? Uh, we're now seeing um, this explosion of information that, you know, I want to say even three, four, five years ago, uh, we never had the amount of data that was available to us now that was available today. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing is is that, you know, in, by 2020, um, compared to just three or four years ago, uh, we'll see something like 20x um, an increase in the amount of data that's been processed. So the ability to have this data and the ability to process this data and have the analytics around it is really driving a significant portion of, of smart packaging. Mm-hmm. Then another portion of it really is, is, I'll call it technology cost advantages, right? On two or three different levels. One is, is uh, you, know, you know, a bit of an um, interesting, you know, quick fact, right? So if you take back, you know, 1964, 1965, you know, one terabyte of information would cost roughly $3.5 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Just now, one terabyte of information is twenty bucks, right? <laughs> so it's it, so it's quite the change. Quite the change, right? Right. Um, so that is a massive change, right? And then when you look at the electronics and the change in the electronics and sensors that are involved in that, and the price reductions that have happened over the last few years, we're now seeing this inflection point, and it's a massive inflection point in the market where access to data. Uh, cloud-based services and data analytics and price points for electronics and data are now starting to converge where we can truly make packages smart. And and what do I mean by smart packages? Right, (laughs) right. right. You can take that, um, you know, from, you know, the basic level, which is you've seen things out in the market that might be uh, RFID or tamper-proof products. Right. Um, where you can tell whether there's counterfeit there. <laughs> and, and there's been a, a lot written in, in the market about wine that you want to make sure that that's the, the real product or um, there was some challenges around baby food and baby formula a number of years ago in China. Right. So that was really one of the start, starting points. But now if you roll this forward, right, we've now got the ability to have um, coffee pods communicate with coffee makers, right? Um and from single-use device standpoint, and be able to understand our mm-hmm. own uh, <clears throat> use patterns relative to it, and then be able to communicate with the store and have auto replenish. Okay, yeah. yep. so you know, th- th- there's there's another interesting dynamic that goes with this, which is um, 
which is digital natives, right? So this is the millennials, right? So you know, I've got I've got twin daughters, fourteen years old, right? right. They've, they've been brought up in um, in the digital society. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't necessarily see uh, technology in itself as a productivity enhancer. They really see it as being a center point of their life, right? Um, they wake up, they breathe, and they interact with technology. So they want, um, they, they expect, they don't want, they expect data and information to be instantly attainable for them all the time. Right, always on. Always on. Always right? on. Yep. So when you think about, um, you know, my kids, they, they go and order from Amazon or they order from Google or any of the online sites um, product and expect it real time, um, you know, I, I want to say, you know, an interesting fact is is that fifty two percent of U.S. households have have Amazon Prime. Okay, compare that with only forty nine percent actually have a landline. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this ability to be able to get access to information and data real time is is exploding, right? Mm -hmm. So then when you tie that to smart packaging. My kids um, and 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 actually ourselves as comp uh, consumers, um, I, I really don't want to go to the store that much. Although to be honest, I, I quite like roam, uh, roaming yeah. around the store <laughs> right. now and again, right? Yeah. But we really don't want to go to the store, right? Our time's too valuable, right, for it. So, and and to be honest, uh, we we don't really want to replenish our, our deodorant, our razors or milk, uh, or detergents, right? Um, some of those staples. Staples, some of Things those. that are just quick, you need them on a regular basis, but, you know, again, I don't have the five minutes, ten minutes to stop on the way home while I'm taking yeah. my daughter to this event or that event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you want them just to be there, right? Right. And I, I never want to run out of detergent, right? I never want to run out of toilet roll. I never want to run out of, <laughs> yeah. of, of milk, right? Yeah. So never want to run out of razors. So some of these basics, you just want them to turn up. But you want them to turn up based on your individual consumption. Right. You know, how many times you shave is way different from how many times I shave, right? Right. How much milk I consume is way different from yours. How much detergent... So you you want that to happen on a real time basis, turn up, and be ready for your use, mm -hmm. and 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 that is is really where smart packaging plays in, right? So how do you, can you have that, um, not just that business to to consumer interaction, um, but this con complete connectivity um, between devices and packaging and, and the brands, right? right. Now the the challenge that the brands have. Is that they 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 don't want they want you to make that decision um, without walking the store because mm -hmm. as soon as you walk the store you decide whether you want brand A or brand B it may be due to price it may be due to proximity it may be due to a number of different things yeah. they want to take that decision away from you and they want to do that by gaining brand loyalty right and the way we enhance that in Jable is. Uh, creating smart packaging by integrating electronics uh, into plastics that speak to each other either through auto replenishment um, or B2B or B2C through e-commerce. Right. That's, that's how I would kind of distinguish it all together. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned something uh, early on um, that the cost of a terabyte back in the 60s, 70s was through the roof, right? And that's kind of 
continued on that downhill slope. I, I read an article that you posted recently about the cost of sensors. They're going in the same trend, yeah. right? So the cost of technology to enhance and develop these smarter packages is becoming more viable yeah. Um, yeah. and is allowing you guys to really innovate quickly. So I think we we both agree the importance of IoT, right, within smart packaging. There's another micro strategy or micro trend underneath that that I, I think brands are some brands are still struggling with, and that is around integration and data, right? There's the explosion of data uh, with all of these different sensors, all of these different technologies having to talk to each other. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of integration and data management. Um, and this will kind of lead into where you guys, Jable has really taken a big swing in the marketplace yeah. within control. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, as, as I said, um, you know, one of the big, big shifts is the access to data, right? Mm-hmm. Both structured and unstructured data. There's tons of challenges with that, right? So you can have data, but if you can't manage that data, it becomes completely superfluous, right? You can't do anything with it, right? right. So it's like drinking through a fire hose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got another challenge, which is wrapped around security of the data, right? So you want full transparency. You want to see everything, but maybe it's only you that wants to see it, Eric, or maybe it's only me that wants to see it. You don't want to see the outside world. So then you get this big challenge of... Um, of security, right? That wraps around it. Um, you know, th- there's there's a couple of different points to yourself. So, so that you mentioned. So, Jable has you know one of the largest supply chains in the world. In right? the world, I, I would mm-hmm. I would argue one of the most sophisticated. Right? We we manage uh, twenty thousand over twenty thousand suppliers, um, seven hundred and fifty thousand independent part numbers. Uh, across nearly every geography in the world and 108 plants, right? For 250 of the, the, the largest brands in the world, mm-hmm. right? So we really empower the brands that empower the world. Um, so we've had to build a data structure to manage that with all the appropriate access points, security points um, to work it. And you, you need a platform, right? You need an IT platform, an infrastructure platform to do it. So um, we spent many years building that and, and, and very highly competent at, at being able to manage our customer supply chains on their behalf. Mm-hmm. But we have had over the last couple of years, and we called that uh, that capability and control, okay? Great marketing, um, but it really does wrap around telling customers we are in control of your supply chain. But we've had customers come to us and say, um, really two things while wow, that's really super cool and two we want to do it ourselves gotcha so that then led on to us developing um, our, our cloud-based platform that uh, really enables um, customers to have uh, our in-control platform as a software as a service that can do real-time visibility and data analytics okay uh, and to do that we had to build a completely different software platform and being able to integrate that, that platform um, so that any uh, independent customer uh, can come and access to it uh, with all the correct security pro- protocols wrapped around that and uh, data access and information for it. So we launched that uh, actually just at the, the Gartner event in, um, in May there mm-hmm. and, and we're going live as, as we speak right now. We're really excited about it. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity uh, to kind of see what you presented at Gardner, and I've just seen a tremendous amount of you know positive feedback and buzz around that. And and I know for Jable historically, being in the software platform business just hasn't been a staple, right? And this is a, a new marketplace, so to speak, for you to you know bring other clients in. And, and be able to share that expertise around taking control of their supply chain and managing both the integration and the, and the data. Yeah. Uh, because those applications that are built out, I, I believe you guys released about five applications yeah, to right. date. Um, I know there's probably more in the works, but you know those talking to each other through integration and, and data management is, is definitely going to be key to the future of those brands. You know, the, the interesting thing is, uh, Eric, you know, we... Um, you know, you say that we've not been in software, but we really have, but internally, right? Right, so right. Building, appl- building applications and capability internally. And if we, as we have grown to, you know, the $18 billion, you know, company we are just now, we have realized that there's there's, there's a commercial application for it, <laughs> which, yeah. which then came around to, you know, how um, we need to offer a commercial offering to our customers that can truly be a differentiator in the market. Right. right. The interesting thing is, is you know, and when you think about data and data analytics and the, uh, the ability to visualize your supply chain from an end-to-end uh, basis, um, th- there aren't many software platforms uh, out there that can truly do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the great thing about InControl is, not to take anything away from the other software platforms out there, it was built by practitioners for practitioners, right? So, you know, we've we've debugged this through, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours worth of true applications, right? Mm-hmm. Again, serving, you know, a global supply chain and 250 top brands in the world. So it's a bit different, you know, it's built for practitioners by practitioners, which, uh, you know, I really like, right? Because It's a great message. Yeah, I, I, I really like. And then another thing is, is, and this is regardless of, of our in-control platform. Um, you know, the interesting thing, getting back to, you know, a more subtle event, which is this digital natives or millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I, right? So we, we wake up every day, right? And the first thing we'll reach for, invariably, will be your smartphone, right? Your That's smart correct. device, right? And invariably, you'll instantly get access to whatever information you want for you personally, right? So you might scroll through and look at ESPN, you might look at your Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever social media. I got to know what the Braves are doing. You got to know what the Braves are doing. Good, bad, or indifferent. I got to know what the Braves are doing. Exactly, right? And you'll know instantaneously there, right? Right. And you'll know news and you'll know trades and you'll know uh, everything that's going on. Um, You've, we've got uh, digital natives or millennials walking into the workforce just now and saying, how can I not have that? Why can I not have the same experience that I have in my personal life with the work life? So now, you know, this platform has the ability literally for people to, you know, to manage the supply chain as they would manage, you know, their own personal life, right? Um, That's a good correlation. I like that. It's, it's great, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me as a practitioner... Um, you know, I, I get uh, I get to wake up in the morning, rightly or wrongly, and 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 it and it, t- it pushes to me and tells me if there's been significant events in the market mm-hmm. that will impact my supply chain, and not just um, I, you know I'll give you an example, right? Um, 
we, we launched our, um, we have physical control towers around the world, right? We launched our first one in Spain and Europe a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and, and uh, we were showcasing it to some customers, right? Right. And, uh, you know, real time, uh, it just so happened as I was in there, uh, there was a 6.8 earthquake in Guatemala, right? And as we're there, uh, you know, we'll get, this is a physical control tower, but you can have it through your, you know, your web-based inf- uh, infrastructure or through your mobile application. It told me that there was a, um, uh, an earthquake in Gua- Guatemala. Um, you know, it was on the border of Guatemala and Mexico, and uh, there was six suppliers impacted, uh, potentially impacted because it was within X radius. Within a certain, yeah. And these suppliers were able to, to link to certain customers and certain products. So we knew real time exactly what, what was happening. And, and that's that, we never want to see natural disasters happen. But they do. They're inevitable. Inevitable. And the biggest thing that, that we can do as supply chain practitioners is react to them real time. And, and that's really what the control platform enables. That's fantastic. So I'm going to I'm gonna kind of curtail off the whole digital natives, yep. your millennial conversation. Because I, you bring up a good point, and it really does impact e-commerce supply chain and really the 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 swing in how consumer buying is happening today we're seeing a lot of buyers in the market moving from potentially what i would see as a more traditional as you mentioned go in the store maybe pick the lowest price item right i mean if i'm looking at razor blades i may be looking at comfort but then i'm looking at price yeah I'm seeing a lot of consumers today, and it may be that millennial generation, that is focused more on the eco-friendly and the humanitarian focused values of brands. Yeah. How is Jable helping brands? When you talk about innovation and you're meeting with these brands, what are those type of conversations, what do they revolve around to be able to speak to the consumers that are more eco-friendly focused. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a great point, right? So I'll take it from, you know, kind of the top level and, and kind of bring it down, right? So you're really talking about sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the sustainability of not only products, um, but energy and energy efficiency, right? So, um, you know, we're working with, with some of the biggest brands to make our, our plants um, you know, completely energy self-sufficient, mm-hmm. right? So whether that's through solar, um, you know, type areas, right? And in particular, n- not just in the US, but but in China, right? So there's a lot of efforts going off there for that. Um, you know, our customers really cons- uh, are concerned about. I mean, from a pa- packaging standpoint, we, we use plastics, right? So um, you know what what we do and what we build. Is, is intended to be thrown away mm-hmm. at some point in time, right? Right. So um, so we're helping our brands to do two or three different things. You know, one is um, how do we do, uh, how do we enable post-consumer recyclability, right? So you use something and then it gets consumed in a product that we m- manufacture and then you use it again, right? Right. 
So how, how do we do that, right? Then, then the the next thing is wrapped around, and to to be frank, I would I would say the US is further behind that than certainly Europe. Really? Is. Yeah. So recycling. And why is it? You know, uh, you know, one of it is is I've seen is really wrapped around. Uh, European governments historically have pushed that more, uh, more feed-in tariffs, uh, uh, more tax uh, benefits for it, um, higher level of import duties, that type of thing. Right. So it's really been okay, being driven from a, a government standpoint. It's interesting, you know. It really is, right? So, you know, even if you go to, you know, I'm from the UK. If you go to the UK, um, the, the trash bins are um, about 70% smaller than the ones in the, in the US, right? Hmm. So you physically can't fit trash right. in there. So if you can't fit it there, what do you do with it? So there's, there's a mindset wrapped around it, right? Okay. So um, we're, we're heavily focused on... Um, one is, uh, you know, again, post-consumer recyclability. Mm-hmm. How, how do we enable that? And, of course, you've got regrind product in there. You've then got uh, sustainability through biomaterials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how do we uh, use materials that are uh, less harmful to the earth and are uh, c- can decompose, right, relative to it? And then um, third one is really a barrier technologies, right? Um, so as you've seen in, 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 in the marketplace, as, as you walk down your store shelves, uh, there's a, a significant shift from glass packaging to plastic packaging, right, for a few different reasons. Um, one is lightweight, right? Right. Lower weight, lower cost, right? And, um, and, and, and then the other big reason is... Uh, is is just the overall cost of glass versus packaging. Challenge is is that uh, you know glass in itself you see is mostly food stuff in it. Right. Because there's a natural barrier there. Right. It, right. So we're developing barrier technology that enables you to put food stuff into pa- pla- packaging, um, and and kind of take away the, um, the the glass side of it. That's great. You know, it's almost. It's almost like a, a cultural mind shift as well um, to start focusing on really those those post consumer recyclability, recyclability right and in in regards to even like concentrates right it's getting the U S you know and those around the world to to understand that although the concentrate may have a higher price tag versus the single bottle item right how do you change that mindset of, look, all you got to do is add water and you can use this five times versus you're only going to use this package once yeah. and it's going to be thrown away, right? So, Yeah, you know, and, and there's, um, there's a, 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 you know, a bit of a dichotomy going on right now relative to the whole packaging and recyclability and in, in usage of it, right? So you have, um, you know, you, have, you have brands that differentiate through packaging. It, it's what you see. What what entices you? Uh, it's um, you know as as human beings you know it's the the, the senses that that and that, that pull you in for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got this this other thing where you've got e-commerce and connected devices and the IoT that you, you're not seeing the physical advent of it right because it's online right. Right. So right. Um, the, the the look and feel of it 
you don't see as much because you're seeing it online. So really, then it drives um, how how fast can you get bring it to market, right? So then the speed advent becomes very, very, very important, right? And you've seen that through Amazon and through through Amazon Prime and. They're now delivering product within two hours, right? In certain, you know, right. big, big uh, built-up areas. So, um, so there's a, there's a bit of a challenge that's going on here, right? So you, you've got brands that are trying to build up um, their own, you know, peace of mind within consumers uh, such as you and I, and then you've got, you know, really e-commerce providers out there um, that are trying to, you know, promote their own. Um, their own solution right. um, that might be in direct opposite of what the brands want. So there's there's a there is a bit of an inflection point happening in, in, in the world right now. Yeah, and, and it just it speaks to there's going to be more swings, right? I mean it's it's coming. Um, well, Stephen, I I appreciate the time. I mean this has been very insightful. I, I'd I'd like to leave with with just one more question, and and that is, what do you see as potential swings in packaging coming in the future i mean if you had to take you know just you know your hat today and say hey you know this is what i think is is a potential area where we could change the game whether it's you know a jable or just at, at your level at the supply chain and in packaging world yeah um that's a great question eric you know again i think we've t- touched on a few of them but i think those 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 three or four key things one is is connected devices and smart packaging, mm-hmm. right? I think um, as as we go forward, um, you're going to continue to see that explode. Um, every data shows that by 2020, which is only three years from now, right? 2020, it's coming quick. There will be seven times more connected devices in the world than there are people, right? So it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Jable's ability to connect. You know electronics to packaging um, and our software applications to be able to manage that is a true differentiator in, in the world great um, I, I think another one which we really never touched on too much is the whole additive manufacturing right okay and, and in particular 3d printing mm-hmm. so I think that that in itself is going to be um, a huge significant change and, and, and how we not only manage supply chains, but how we actually manage um, what we do ourselves, right, yeah. as, as consumers. Con- consumer right? demands. Consumer demands, right. So 3D printing has been used for things like MRO devices, has, has been used for things such as um, spare parts, um, but it's also been used for production parts. And as the speed of 3D printing and the complexity continues, that's only going to grow. And to be honest, Eric, I, I can see you and I Having three D printers in our home, at the in house. our offices, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when 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 there's stuff that happens and you need to fix it, you don't have to go down to the store. You just print it off, right? Yeah. So Jable and um, you know our, our whole di- digital evolution, we're we're at the forefront of of three D printing. Right? That's exciting. And then um, the, the kind of final thing that I'll leave you with is really um, speed to market. Okay. So, you know, kind of when I came into uh, to packaging, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, is, you know, the speed to market, the time to speed to market has historically been relatively slow. Now, when I mean slow, we're talking two plus years okay. to bring product to market. Wow. And in the digital era, 
where the changes that are happening that we've just talked through, that's too slow. Consumer demands change too fast. Uh, wants and needs change too fast. So we're enabling you know our brands to be able to you know move at the speed of, speed of digital, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to be able to take advantages of the experiences that we have got across many different verticals, whether that's uh, mobile, whether that's automotive, you know, whether that's uh, data and data storage, to be able to significantly improve our customers' time to market. Um, because I think that in itself is a huge benefit for them, right? Mm-hmm. How do they get product to market faster to gain um, more shelf space or more digital space? So I think that's, the, that's the two or three things that will... That's will fantastic. Well, we may have to connect at another another time, yeah, love talk to. more about 3D printing, because yeah. I, I, I'm i with you. I, I see that as a, a, a big, swing, big swing, both not only in manufacturing and supply chain, but in our personal lives, kind of how the cell phone has really changed how we do our day-to-day. So, yeah. Stephen, I, again, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for carving out some time with me. Uh, and for those of you listening in, thank you for joining the Big Swings Podcast. So that may conclude episode two of the Big Swings podcast, but if you'd like to learn more about what Stephen Ross and the team at Jable have in the funnel around intelligent supply chain and smart packaging, visit them at Jable.com. Also, make sure to get social with us. Check out the Big Swings on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can find us at the Big Swings. Also, make sure to sign up for the fastest growing community online at thebigswings.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and until we meet again, I'm Eric Schaefer.